I have multiple Roombas, and they're all named after Rocky villains. Are they? Apollo, Clubber, and Thunderlips. <laughs> I would have stopped at Clubber. I forgot Clubber. Clubber Lang. Clubber right? Lang is my favorite Clubber, by far. Clubber Lang. Clubber's the best. Okay. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. Okay, okay. Trying to be more no nonsense this morning. Have you ever thought, Josh, what it's like to be inside my head? It's a scary place. I assume that everybody followed both Bob and I on LinkedIn. So you saw the thread where oh. Bob asked for topics, and it was a near avalanche of thoughts and ideas. It was a brouhaha. What? Wow. It was. It was pretty. Yeah. There was. A, there was a lot of feedback, and there probably still will get some yes. feedback, right? So today we're pulling our first topic from that list from. Bridget Brown. I prefer to pronounce it Brigitte. So Brigitte. Or Let Brid us know who's or Bridget, right. But we've got both. Bob, yeah, Bob got, says Bridget. I say Brigitte. But we have uh, both bases let us know. covered. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. And and Bridget is interested in. I'll just read it. I would like to see something about writing self-directed performance goals for scrum masters and POs. The age-old question: How do I, as a scrum master, measure success in my position? Can be such a challenge. So, so that's that's yes. the question. Uh, so we're going to start with Scrum Masters and see how far we go. It may turn into a series as we tackle all of the other roles, but today is going to center on Scrum Masters. Yes. So we're going to dig into that. So you're a Scrum Master. How do you know you're doing good? Because there are so many times, so many places, I'm assuming this is a world that Brigitte lives in, where there's not a strong leader of the Agile practice or reports into a different role or something like that. Like I've seen scrum masters report to engineering directors. So you're trying to chart your own path in an agile way. And like, what, how do I know I'm crushing it? I mean, I'd start, it's going to sound maybe weird. I mean, I mean, Bridget's question I think was more outside like performance of the team and things like that. I'm going to start on the inside and say, uh, how, you know, how do you measure your your own self mastery? Yeah. So things like focusing on your learning, focusing on you know what's what's my personal backlog for learning? Do you have do you have such a thing? Yeah. And, and do you have you created one? And are you so are you working on improvement, personal improvement? Not anyone telling you, mm -hmm. right? This is you privately by yourself with feedback if you can get feedback uh, but if you don't have feedback then there what's the last book you read are you out in the community and connecting the dots and networking uh, i think of the self-mastery so lately i i've been i've been working on this coaching book mm -hmm. and so ingrained in my brain is the the agile coaching growth wheel which is a wheel and in the middle of that is self-mastery so for agile coaches and so I'm not I'm not inventing this. I'm just saying I'm bringing this into Bridget's question. Mm -hmm. I th I think the center of the coaching growth wheel is self mastery, like self awareness is something. And I would I would actually bring that into Scrum Mastery is like measuring what you're doing on the inside, um, and are you doing anything, and how are you growing yourself? 
You know what's interesting is I find myself often orthogonal to many of the best scrum masters and agile coaches that I work with. So you find yourself what? Orthogonal. Is that like a bird? It's a no, we're not ornithologist. You, you're on fire. <laughs> you are you are on freaking fire. In that I don't I don't do anywhere close to the amount of continual research and reading and digging that so many of my peers that are absolute rock stars do. I I I try and learn by doing and like failing and adjusting and learning. But there have been times along the way where I have forced myself to like stop and read and learn and do those things. I'm like, oh, well, shit, that would make things easier. Or, oh, I'm kind of doing that. Maybe I did, did more of that. But I don't know. You're not a self-learner, so not a external read yeah, books. It, I, and I wonder if like that's just a personality trait or whatever, you know, because like you think about this. I'm super passionate about creating content for people yep. to learn, yep. but I don't listen to other podcasts. It's funny. Well, I don't, I don't listen to that. I occasionally do, but not, I'm not a regular listener, but I'm yeah. a, but you know, I'm an avid reader. Yeah. So I think we all have, you know, that you, now that you bring it up, I've noticed that about you and I haven't yeah. really said anything. Yeah. There's a couple books. What's the book? There's a book on leadership that you always, uh, turn the ship around. No, 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 no. It's a good to great. Great by choice. There's a, a team. There's a team. Oh, leadership. the, uh, debugging teams. Yes. Yeah. That's the one when I think of there. So you latch onto a few. Yes. Right. When you like, when you find one, you're like all over it. Yeah. So there's no yeah. shades of gray. And, well, like the whole Spotify thing. Yeah. Like I actually read the original write up about that. Yeah. And that got the wheels turning. Yeah. And many of you know that I've been on the Spotify train for a long while, but I do kind of Spotify my way, you know? Would so you, would you recommend it? So here we are on yeah. a stage and we're giving people advice. I mean, do you, are you, are you recommending the Josh way? Or? I am, I am just trying to provide an alternate view that you can, like, you don't have to completely measure by the number of books that you've read. I think you have to find your learning style. There are so many times when, like, back when I was streaming on Twitch all of the time, and we would get in a discussion and somebody would reference a book or reference a paper written by somebody and I'm like I have no idea what that is They're like but Josh you're the you're the guy on the microphone well you know everything like well because I don't right that's but but the angle I was trying to point there is that you can learn differently I learn by doing that's how right, I've found right. that I accelerate my my growth there are like I said many of the best folks that I know that are out there that I've worked with are the opposite of that and they are book and podcast and blog heavy and that's how they that's but, how they grow the way that they want to grow but i think it's a hybrid right yeah. it's because so i guess what i was trying to say is not pick yeah i think the self-mastery is take some professional accountability in. so are you taking professional and and you know sort of do you own craft? your own improvement yeah yeah and it's almost like, what are those avenues? Mm -hmm. And are you, and are you self-aware of your strengths and your weaknesses? Mm -hmm. So one of the things I want to send you for this podcast is um, 
Comparative Agility has a series of surveys or assessments. Okay. And they have three of them called Professional Improvements, and they're free. Uh, they're fr I think the Scrum Master is free for Scrum Alliance members. And you can go in there and take, it's like 60 questions or whatever. But what you get is a, a rounded view of where are your strengths and where are your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. That, I think, would be useful for someone. So I think some people, what I'm saying is some people don't think that way. Right. Right. They they're, they don't think in continuous improvement. Yeah. I care less about the how. Yeah. And it has to lean into, like, what I admire about what you're doing. Like, you got to lean, if, even if you're an avid book reader, you have to practice that stuff, yeah. right? You have to be practical about it. Yeah. So, 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 so let's just land that one. That's baseline. One. Like, to me, that's baseline. Forget yeah. Anything else, you have to own your own improvement and you can't wait for somebody to build you a syllabus correct for your own path you have to do that so do so, so i think yeah. do something there and track it so that's a measurement the reason i'm bringing it up is i don't know if very many companies measure that mm -hmm. they're going to measure your external successes or right. or lack yeah, thereof agreed. right yeah. so let's start there now why don't you pick one what what does what does how do i how do i as a scrum master measure success in my position so the thing that I've always said to scrum masters or agile coaches that I've hired is your job is to put yourself out of a job. Ooh, I like that. That's oh, we're like nailing the priority yeah. of these things, yeah. right? So start with the inside out, put yourself out of a job. Yeah. And reality is that's never going to happen, but that, but that's your aspirational goal. That's is, your mindset, right? right? Yeah. You want to infuse the team with the same agile mindset and that to me that's the key is that agile mindset that they can respond and react and work well together do all the things that a good healthy team does without you nudging them or pushing them to make that happen eventually your your teams will get so good that you don't have to say very much and there'll be times when you can just give a look and people go oh yep you're right okay we're back on it and so then at that point that's where that's where you start to expand and you have the capability if you want and or your company needs you to, to work with another team or yeah. something like that. But I find that too many companies spread scrum masters too thin, too soon. Yep. There's a time and a place where it works, but they don't get to that point where that mindset is ingrained in the minds of their teams. So that, so to me that the, the baseline is you have to own, own yourself learning. And then you're like, North Star, your light on the hill yep. is I'm going to put myself out of a job because these teams are going to be so ingrained in the agile mindset. So then in the middle, what are the things in the middle? I, I As you were talking, I, I was also thinking about values. Mm -hmm. Like, are you walking your value? There's five scrum values. I trigger on courage. And it actually, I, the, one of the ways I trigger on courage is, are you challenging the status quo? Mm-hmm in a 360 fashion. So are you challenging your boss? Are you challenging your peers? Challenging in a positive way, in a respectful yeah. way. Yeah. But, and you know, and it goes in both directions, but are you are you sort of walking your your value talk? I would I would measure that in some way. Or I would evaluate myself against my principal orientation and particularly courage. I I think the scrum master Oh yeah. in order for it to be high performing as for you to be high performing there 
because it's it's a tough it's an incredibly tough job it, it aligns with me to leadership you know how you and i've talked yeah. about right leadership is you know bring your a game every you have to a good leader has to bring their a game mm-hmm. most days mm-hmm. and they, and they can't you know they can't just waffle they have to you know they have to lead they have to defend they have to challenge they have to do that for their team we've talked yeah. about that i think a lot of that falls to a scrum master that same dynamic unfortunately most scrum masters are less experienced than the leaders right mm-hmm. So it's hard for, we've talked about it, it's hard for a lot of leaders to do that. It's hard for scrum masters to do it, but I think that's the bar. What do you think? I agree 100%. If it was easy to be a highly functioning team, people wouldn't need scrum masters. But scrum masters have to be that annoying coach that's just constantly in people's ears of we can do better here's a thought and idea let's try this okay we tried that it didn't work let's try again here's where we're at right you just have to be think back to a coach or a teacher or a parent or someone in your life that maybe wouldn't let you slide on things as much as you would have liked right my bet slash assumption is that they had a relatively high degree of impact in your life and how you became who you are right either positively or negatively maybe you're like i don't ever want to do that or like yes that's that's who i became right Right. but those are coaching moments where as soon as you see a coaching moment and you don't take action on it you failed didn't we talk in a recent metacast about complacent teams yes. or and and I think this is this is coming back to that in my mind that it's it's really easy to just mail it in mm-hmm. because it's so and and it's not just be an ass so we we are not saying be a jerk or right. be a dictator or be a project manager <laughs> right or whatever where's there's subtlety in the balancing act but you have to lean into calling it what it is mm-hmm. it's, it's confronting the team and a lot of scrum masters i find and as as scrum is increasing in popularity i think the the universe of scrum masters who are sort of they think they have to be the team's friends or something yeah so one there's this like i'm i need to be a friend of the team and and then i too i don't want to rock the boat right your job is to rock the boat right and, yeah and, and your job is yeah. to rock the boat yeah but a lot of them are, re- are really uncomfortable with that. It's like, oh, they're like handling the team with kid gloves. Yeah. And and you can hear that in their voice. And they're frustrated about it. Mm-hmm. Right. But they're not doing anything. So they're, yeah. they're frustrating the team's performance. And you got to take the gloves off. Yeah. And so we we throw around the term highly functioning team, high, highly effective team, whatever. A lot of other people do and a lot of other channels, be it pod- podcasts, books, blogs, videos, you name it. But the reality is those teams are great. And and great is not an accident. You don't stumble into being I, great. I, I would agree. You become great through continual hard work and improvement. That that that's where the magic is, but that magic is driven by a team's desire to become great and and in that means that they are willing to accept the coaching they have a strong coaching support team whoever it might be it might be the manager it might be the scrub master or both or whatever 
but great doesn't just fall out of the sky. You have to make it happen. Yep. And a scrum master, that's your job. Your job is to help the team become great, not make the team great, help the team become great. And it's not just team word. As you were talking, I was thinking an example that popped into my head was like a sprint review mm -hmm. that no one comes to and the team is demoing to themselves or to a, pro but, but no stakeholders are there. So to me, part of this, a scrum master's role, I want to hear you, you weigh in on this. Someone has to, I don't care who it is, but someone has to kick butt and get the stakeholders in that room, mm -hmm. right? The team is working for them. It's embarrassing. It's demoralizing to the team. There's no recognition going on as to how either excellent or there's just no feedback, yeah. right? That's unacceptable. Now, so in a lot of cases, you could say, well, that's an impediment and I'm going to tell my boss or I'm going to tell the coach. I send an email to the coach mm -hmm. or in my one-on-one, -on -one, I talk to my boss about it. I don't know if that's good enough. No. I mean, I maybe that's okay as a start, but I also think you have to get up. Walk. But isn't the job of a scrum master to remove impediments? There's this line between removing them, what you what you feel like you can directly change, and then what deli what, what's out of your control. There's, there's certain things, for example, the team doesn't have, they need $20,000 worth of equipment, right? The, the scrum master cannot directly pull $20,000 no, out of their... But I would expect them to find ways to try and make that happen. I, that's where I'm going. Yeah. Right. And and then they delegate it to the chief financial officer or they talk to their boss. But two weeks go by and then what they get is lip service. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the policies and the procedures of this. So it's going to take us six months to get that. Yeah. Right. Et cetera. So what are you doing? At some point, you, you, you don't have the power. You don't have equivalent power to everyone in the organization. But what steps have you taken? Let's, mm -hmm. let's do my demo. Forget, forget the money side of yeah. it. It's I would walk into people's offices and say, we missed you. Like the VP of sales, mm -hmm. right, who is three levels, five levels above me. Mm -hmm. I would probably politely introduce myself, give them some chocolate or bourbon or whatever. But I would be like, you need to get your, your butt like we missed you. Mm -hmm. The team missed you. We delivered something that you asked for, and we needed your feedback. So I'm not asking. I'm telling you to get into the – or something. I'd be like, we need you to be in this. I might walk in with my product owner, mm -hmm. right, and side by side, because I think the product owner plays a part in that. Yeah. But the point is, it's it's taking that – so it's not just downward pressure. You know, I you need to be firm with your team. I think you need to be firm with the organization. Yeah, agreed. Because you're you're changing the way an organization operates. Yeah. They didn't have these before, so they don't know the value. It's your job to help them understand the value, show the value, yep. and then have them recognize, oh, yeah, I'm here every time. One of the interesting things about my daughter, Rhiannon has pivoted to Scrum Mastery. Mm-hmm. And she's got a lot of leadership experience. So she's the most junior. She's been a scrum master for six months. Right. Six, seven months. And she feels like an imposter sometimes when it comes to scrum. Mm -hmm. She's doing well. But but it's still. Yeah. She, and software teams are not. She's never worked with software yeah. teams. But what she does have is leadership jobs. And, and I see her in some of the stories she tells. Like she. And people are looking at her like. It's like, holy crap, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. I mean, in a positive way. Yeah. 
So she has those leadership skills. So that's actually what being a differentiator for her. Right. Like she won't put, she won't tolerate BS at that level. This, she's not a jerk, but she's going to call people out. If leaders yeah. aren't supporting the team, if you say this is the most important project on the planet Earth, right. and then you're not acting that way, she's gonna, she's going to. Yeah, I mean, she had a lifetime of practice. I mean, her dad, a lot of BS. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. I and, could. That was too easy. It you was put that on easy. the platter. And it was cutting through the BS. Yeah. <laughs> so she had an entire li- yeah. lifetime of cutting through Just, the BS. She doesn't know how much you've helped her. Like that, you were being intentional, right? Like you knew this was going to be how Are it you all worked now? out. It's Are like, you done now? No, I won't that was your that. moment. Look at you. <laughs> <I'm> so happy. <laughs> this is like your moment to shine. But but see that's. I think other scrum masters coming in, they have to, that's the muscle they have to develop. Yeah. Right. That leadership muscle. So that's part of it is measuring that. I put down, it's not in, it's not your personal success. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. It's the team. Right. So another thing when Bridget was, and she didn't say either way, but you know, we talked about personal attributes, but everything is through the lens of your team. Mm -hmm. Right. Everything I mean, I think a hundred, it's the same, there's, you know, it's a leadership role. It, now, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm coming back, like leaders. Yeah. Don't measure, you can't measure, right? Oh, I'm an outstanding leader. Well, what are the results, right? What's right. going on? You've had 50% attrition. Well, yeah, you've gotten results, but you've toasted your team. Yeah. No. Yeah. So you get measured through what, what occurs. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing. So for scrum masters, it's whether you like it or not. And this is why I think being tough, if you will, organizationally in your team or raising the bar mm-hmm. or being real or, or not BSing around it's you're doing it for the team and you're doing it for overall performance. Yeah. So measure. So it's not an individual. No, I, you know, I always go back to coaching. Um, the players are on the field making the plays. The coach is not. Yeah. And the players ultimately decide whether the game is won or lost. But the coach is measured is measured on whether the team wins or loses. It's the same thing, yeah. and that's a very uncomfortable position for so many people to realize that you can't like grab a lever yeah. and pull with all of your might and flip it over to winning. You can't do that. It yeah. is just a continual dogfight <laughs> to help change the hearts and minds of a group of people to work differently. Welcome to our diversity and inclusion minute, says sad Josh. And you'll find out why Josh is sad in a minute. So what's going on in my space? Well, I, there is something. Did did you get invited by uh, the Agile Disciple USA or whatever? Did they reach out to you? Mm-mm. Okay, because I'm going to ping them again. Okay. And so next next Saturday, the 22nd or something, mm-hmm. we'll put. A, I'll get you a link. I'm going to be... This is their first webinar. That's right. It's next Saturday in the afternoon. I'll get you a link for that. Uh, And the reason I'm involved, and it's, I just want to add my voice Mm -hmm. to get some energy going for these folks. So it's their first webinar. The the other thing, speaking of speaking, Rhiannon and I are, so I'm Women in Agile. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll be speaking at Agile Philly Women in Agile in like a week or so. And then in February 10th, I think, Rhiannon and I are doing like a father-daughter, ask me anything, for the Agile Seattle, Women in Agile Seattle. Nice. So we're like hitting both, we're hitting Man, both coasts to some degree. So there's three talks, two for Women in Agile 
and one for what I would say people of color, agile disciples, and we've talked about that before, and really trying to support those. I'm ex- I'm trying to do whatever I can. And Bob continues to carry the load it's, for the Metacast. We're, 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 we're a team, man. We're a team. So, yes, I continue to not have good enough updates. So we're going to get you, I'm going to get you connected to. It's on me, Bob. Yeah, I got I to I make it happen. Have you, so. Agile and Color? Did you reach out to them? No. All right. So. Back to the episode? No, 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 no. So listeners, be Bob. Don't be Josh. That's what this whole segment is about. Be Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. All right. Back to the episode. How do people... I remember a story you told at um, at Dude, uh, Richard. Mm -hmm. So, and we shared it on the Metacast many episodes ago, I think, Mm -hmm. where... Years ago, you didn't value Scrum Masters Correct, very, yeah. very highly. Yeah. And and then at some point, you you flipped on yeah. that, and you saw the value. I think Richard showed you the value, yeah. or others yep. showed you the value. But what what was it? Because that's another thing. So in order to survive, so yes, it's about the team, but you need to be... So Bridget needs some hints around what should people see mm-hmm. in you to value you? right team results is there something else like what what stood out to you years ago what sold you yeah i had never seen a really good scrum master in action because everywhere i was it was the scrum master and so they were a scrum master and a developer or and a tester something like that not fully dedicated uh so i never saw what that could do even though i was a very agile centric person what richard showed was that he owned he owned the team's success and was willing to jump in anywhere anyhow to help them them improve and work directly with them one on one he would pull somebody aside and pair with their manager and just work them through challenges to help them become a better teammate help them understand and it was a relentless pursuit of team excellence and that's something that i have that i always drive myself and my teams with but i too was an and so i was a leader and the agile coach for everybody yeah and then i saw the beauty of a person focused on that and the power of change and improvement that that could drive by the sheer force of his will. And, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So there is a, you know, we talk about, so there's this subtleness to it that it's all about the team mm-hmm. and it's about a coaching role, et cetera. But there's also like this personal level of intensity or yeah. engagement yeah. or focus. Yeah. And that was Richard, right? He, he had the courage you talk about. There was nothing he wouldn't say. Right. There were times it might have got him in trouble upstream, right. but for the teams, there was nothing that he wouldn't say because he believed that would help them become better. And it didn't matter how uncomfortable it was. He knew it was his responsibility that if he didn't, just like I talked about a while back, that if he didn't take action on that moment, yep. it was lost forever yep. and the team has just slid back and they didn't even know it. Personal, the the word memorable came to my mind as you were talking. Mm-hmm. You the team needs to drive results yes and it's a servant role but you need to you need to leave behind footprints of memorableness Uh 
where people say, where they get the, the role that you're playing? I'm, I'm sort of asking, but it's, it's this, and it's really subtle because it's not about you, but it is about you, right? Mm -hmm. So it is about, so I think scrum masters have to walk this line yeah. of it's all about the team, but it's but it's in it's equally all about what are you doing? Yeah, and are people recognizing what are you doing? The it, impact yeah, you're having. It's right? a leadership role. Yeah, you don't win unless the team wins, but you're not a part of the team, so you have to figure out how you can influence how the you team can to get shine, better. how right? you can yes. shine, how you can. Yeah, and it's it's a really it's sort of a challenging walk to walk, right? Yeah. Yep, and that's actually it's intangible. I think a lot of scrum masters and even coaches, there's there's sort of this weird thing of how do I get measured? And I say this as a coach: well, you measure my results in the organization, yep, or you measure my results in the team. But there's also something like how am I showing up? Mm -hmm. Like there's two measures: like what is Bob's persona? What is he doing? Right? Do I feel? Do I have confidence in him, etc.? Does he have the right mindset? And then there's the impact. It's just, I think there's the same thing. But I don't worry about that part. But I think. If, I, but I think Bridget has to. I think Bridget has to not worry about it, but be aware. Be aware of it. Or scrum masters have. I, to. I don't. I don't think so. To okay. me, to me, you focus on that team getting better. And when that happens, it's clear how that happened. The team will recognize your importance and the difference that you've made didn't happen. If it just was luck, it'll be clear that maybe you didn't play a large role in that, but See, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree. This is exciting. No, but I, I, I'm not just, I think you're a big bombastic. Yes. Bold. Verbal. Yeah. Freaking leader. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you, you, you cannot be missed in an organization. Right. That's Josh Anderson. And I'm not just picking on your yeah, size. Yeah. It's your persona. Right. So, 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 so there is two sides. I understand. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I got you. Right. Not everyone has that big bombastic. Yeah. Right. Like Richard under a different manager may not have read another leader may not have recognized the difference he was making. Right. I got you. So all I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing and dis. I think you have to be aware of how am I landing? How am I being present as mm -hmm. a scrum master? And are people aware of the role? You naturally, I get that. Yeah. I, I, I'm naturally, I don't plan on it. I get it. Mm -hmm. You get it. But mm -hmm. I don't think everyone gets, has that persona. Yeah. And that's the additional, that's the, I don't know, the guidance I'm thinking about. React to that. Yeah. That, that you're, you're right. With that lens, you're right. Especially as you're starting. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we likely don't suffer from the imposter oh, syndrome. The word right? that I'm thinking yeah. of, we have, we build up that privilege. Yeah. Over decades of doing this yeah. and talking to a bajillion people and all of that, we, we, we feel different when we walk into a room because we've been doing it for 20 years. Someone that's new in that, I get it. And yes, you do need you do need and to all be aware I'm saying, all I'm saying, Metacasters, is be aware. So you may have to take a front and center view every once in a while. You may have to more subtly, you know, like put yourself in front of the team occasionally, whatever that means. Be more, be more transparent across the organization to gain confidence to 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 maybe talk about what you've accomplished. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't just magically happen, right? Right. 
Like, right. It's like, oh, look, this team went through the roof. But, you know, what, you know, you may want to, like, run your flag up the pole with people and say, yeah. you know, I did play. This didn't just magically happen. It was hard work on the part of the team, and it was hard work on my part as well. Yeah. Here, here, and here. Yep. And just remind folks of yep. that. You're correct. The one thing that I believe has gotten harder about the scrum master job is as agile has proliferated big words for Josh today. You are, you are like on fire and I pronounce them reasonably well. And when I hit you and I'm not even going to try it, but when I hit you with the bird joke, you came back with the correct ornithologist. Oh my God. You're, (laughs) you're like, I, who are you? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it like I had raisin brand crunch or this something. Morning. I know Maybe it was the raisins. The it raisins. was the breakfast yeah, yeah. you had. So the thing that has just made the job messier and harder is that everyone thinks they know agile now. And so as the, as the flag bearer of agile for your team and oh, for your company, this you, is an important point. You are going to get so many people that will say, well, that's not agile or what we're doing is agile or whatever, whatever, whatever. And, and, and now it's become this continual onslaught of folks that have worked in places where there was a deranged version of agile yeah. that in their mind yeah. is agile. And now you're trying to run what you believe to be, a more appropriate version of agile, but they have five years of what they believe to be what agile should be. And so then you bring people from all over together as you build and grow a team and then executives, you know, that's it. You are going to have to educate and defend and baseline people on what agile is. So I think that's one of those things is you can start to measure those times when people speak up and say, well, this isn't agile or what we're doing is agile. And over time, as you do your job and do it well, those should disappear except for maybe the new people that you've hired. That's a beautiful comment. I mean, and Metacasters, it's, it's really important. Is like measuring against what? And part of the Scrum Master's job before you even talk about performance or measurement is have you established a baseline of understanding? Mm-hmm in order to as a as a foundation and it's as a coach i have to do that as a leader we have to do that and it's getting increasingly more difficult yes. to do that right yeah and, it, and yeah because you 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 end up with a bunch of monday morning quarterbacks yeah and i having played football at the level that i played at and being coached by some of the best coaches that are out there now when i sit in the stands or i'm watching a game with somebody or in a group or in a bar and I hear these people say things, it's like, oh, that hurts my ears. Please don't yeah, say that. Yeah. Um, and the same thing will happen to you because now everybody believes they know what Agile is. Just like everybody believes that they know what that player should have done in whatever sport, even though they probably never done it. But that's 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 your job now is you are, again, I always think of you are that flag bearer that's out front for, for Agile and like, this is our flag. This is who we are. This is who we're going to be. Well, when you're being measured against everyone's assumption of what it is. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. And and so you can try to establish that baseline, but you're still you also have to navigate and even get personal solace and say, I'm never going to you know, I'm never going to please everyone with the instance of right. agile. Yeah. Just how do I how do I just sort of aggregate this stuff? Yeah. Man, I, I think you nailed that one. Sounds I good. hadn't even been thinking about that. That's that's challenging for me, Josh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it never goes away. It's, I, like, yeah. it's like these Monday morning, and it drives me crazy, these Monday morning quarterbacks. And it affects your, 
it direct like what they think is something that's minor i think is something that's important but mm-hmm. then then you know they're measuring me well why are you worrying about that you need to be like you know why aren't why don't we have smaller stories or yeah. something like that right so yeah. it's the pri- so it's not just terminology it's even the prioritization of yeah. what what they think we should be focusing on versus and what impacts versus what really and 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 what's happening now is there's so many views that you don't need to try and change everybody's mind yeah because if you try and do that you'll do nothing else so i often talk about okay you're on the field yep is that person in the upper deck in the last row yelling and screaming does that really matter versus is it the owner is it the whatever the director of player like people that really make a difference or are they just somebody up in the upper deck and they're yelling and screaming because they've had a few beers like that's fine let it go that's fine it it doesn't it doesn't matter so really understanding when you need to do that and when you don't so definitely do not try and fight the war of answering every question across your organization because you will do nothing else i could could we wrap it up with this one i'd say outstanding reviews Mm mm-hmm and meaning, so I'm, I'm bringing it back to the ultimate measure is the team. And the ultimate measure is, are we producing results? Yep. Not how many points, but are we delivering value? And are we bringing joy, you know, joy to the team, joy to the organization, like energy to the organization? Are people getting excited when we show stuff, mm-hmm. et cetera? So I'm, I'm thinking that ultimately as a scrum master, like that, that sprint review. Mm-hmm. As a as a defining moment of all of the other stuff, is that that's the show. What do you think? What is the emotion in there? What's the value in there? What's the tenor in there? What's the feedback? What's yeah. the excitement? So I've been working with ThoughtWorks for a couple of months now, and they shared a term with me that I've fallen in love with, and they now call it a showcase. Yeah, I like that term. So it changes the tone. Yeah, of what that's about. Yeah. And we are here to showcase yeah. what we've done. A sprint review yeah. doesn't doesn't give you that same like yeah. we're here to like show off. It's a big deal. But that is ultimately what you want your team to be able to do is to be excited about what they built and what they've done yeah. and have the opportunity to to show it off. So I think that's one of those things. And that's a small thing, but I think just changing the mindset of that is a huge difference. So what's happening? So a lot of these you know, coming back, everything we said, I really, I really feel good about. But that final cherry on top is from the, t- you know, what measures the team? It's the showcase, mm-hmm. right? And it's not. It don't don't focus on points. Don't focus on stories. Focus on excitement. Focus. Yes, it's you're delivering things, but focus on the tenor, the feedback. You know, are people getting emotional? Are they getting excited about what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Like you would in a showcase. Mm-hmm. There's the home showcase around here, right? Where they, the oh, showcase yeah, people go of, around to the fancy they homes. The fancy homes. And you, they get, oh, you know, you hear oh's and ahs and stuff. It may take you a little while to get there, but that's that having that vision, I think, that's the one, you know, not a hundred metrics, but it's that one, one event. What's going on it there? It ultimately boils down to delivering value. Yeah. That's why I wanted to bring us back circle, yep. circle to that. Yep. All right. Okay. We, we good? I think so. Hey. All right. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Gamble. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all.